Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer. I think he's a guest on our Black Knight Nation podcast. Check our YouTube channel out, Black Knight Nation 1, if you're searching on YouTube. Man, we just loaded up a lot from the first day of spring practice. Um, Jeff Munkin videos, Aishan Marshall videos, and Bo Nicholas Paul videos. And now we're happy to welcome back to our podcast, former Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us again. Sal, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, man, last we were just talking before we came on the air. We were just talking about last week and Army Football Pro Day and you know, 27 teams, over 30 scouts there to watch Andre Carter. And, you know, I didn't make it to the Pro Day. We had a reporter and photographer there, but I was at Brett Totes' Pro Day in 2018, and there were 12 teams represented at Brett Totes' Pro Day. And boy, in five years, what a difference. And, you know, Andre Carter, we, we were talking about in a few weeks, Army's going to have an NFL draft pick. And uh, just wondering your thoughts on on what happened last week and just like how it's progressed, so to speak, uh, as far as an army's uh, an army football player pursuing the NFL, uh, really, it's a it's a testament to Mike Buddy's performance as the athletic director. When we went through this process, started this process uh, back in the summer of 2019, uh, it was really you know almost by accident when uh, we had conversations with the president about this. ESPN showed interest and started talking about Brett Toff. Uh, and we literally just started the process. And now you have draft grades for players. We built relationships with NFL general managers to show that there is the commitment of the institution, the Army, not just West Point, but the Army, standing behind these young men to pursue their dreams. And uh, I think that over time it's shown just just how, how well this uh, the process has been you know, really um, refined and ultimately put in a position where there's uh, the best evaluation possible for an individual's talents for one of these teams to make a massive investment decision. Uh, so I'm very encouraged, but not surprised. Yeah, it's a, man, I, I just look at it like, yeah, four NFL players now. Uh, four Army players currently in the NFL on NFL rosters. And, you know, you have guys getting a chance to impress scouts, um, you know, last week. And, um, you know, some you've been involved in talking to politicians even. It goes further than just NFL coaches with you, right? Just getting the word out there. It's not just the NFL coaches. It's not just the general managers. It's also the politicians who, you know, with this bill that came about in December about maybe changing things. And, you know, it seems like – um just talk to me a little bit about your involvement there and trying to get the word out to the politicians about what it's really all about. This yeah, uh, is really all about. So we, when we changed the policy, um, really, would, would you, I guess, let me take a step back. This has gone on for 40 plus years, maybe 50 years, really, of the service academies. Think of Napoleon McCallum and uh, David Robinson at the Naval Academy and where they did a, you know, a year or two on active duty, then deferred the rest of service, went and played in the NBA, went and played in the NFL. It's never really been something that we've taken the time and the effort to codify into writing, to go work with Congress, 
to ultimately have the all of the statutory authorities for a service leader to defer the service of an individual to pursue whether that's athletics or academics, et cetera. Um, so now I go back to the decision that I made, sending allowing those four guys to go pursue their dream to play in the NFL. Uh, that if I had another day, it would have been the sort of thing to continue to work with Congress to ensure that they understood the policy clearly and, and that the um, it was in the best interest of the taxpayer and the institution what we were doing for those, uh, allowing those young men to go forward. Um, so uh, I did get involved last Christmas. Um, I was on the sidelines of the game. Uh, Mike Buddy brought it to my attention. And he said, if you heard about what's going to happen with Andre? And I said, yeah, he's going to get drafted. This is great. And I'm all excited. He says, no. And he said, what's going on in Congress? So I did make phone calls. And I did talk publicly. Uh, I don't do a lot of that anymore. Uh, but I uh, I did in this case. And um, they grandfathered in uh, Andre's uh, opportunity to go forward with uh, the, the previous policy. And then over the course of this spring and summer, the National Defense Authorization Act, which is something every year, the committee of, of jurisdiction, in this case, the House Armed Services and the Senate Armed Services, will go through a process and they'll look at every aspect of the institution for organizing, training and equipment. And this will be discussed again in how that they will have a policy that is codified into the law to ensure that the best interests of the taxpayer and the institution are met. You can defer the service of any soldier, sailor, airman, marine, guardian. Um, so this just has to be clearly articulated and that everybody understands it, that uh, Congressman Gallagher, whose amendment was the one that... Uh, talked about this and was going to pot potentially change the outcome he he understood very quickly but this was not relayed to him you know we had a change of an administration a change in leadership and uh you know he's a marine officer with combat experience a very serious man he's the chairman of the select committee on competition with china um he's very quick to understand the policy and he said he'd be willing to look at it and talk about it again he's also on the armed services obviously committee obviously so this will come about again and it will be in the news and people are going to talk about it uh and this is where the the athletic department at west point has to communicate this to the players they need to communicate it with recruits on the recruiting trail uh to say that this is a work in progress but andre carter is going to get drafted in a month and that's going to happen that's there's no doubt i mean i'm not going to what does it say that but that's that is going to happen and what they have to have is the confidence that we're going to work through this, smooth this out and go forward. I think there's a lot of uh, energy behind uh, protecting the existing policy that would allow players to defer their service. I mean, it's working. If you look at Connor Slomka, he's the fifth guy that I signed the paperwork to. He goes down to the Jaguars. He doesn't make the team. He goes straight through infantry school, airborne ranger. He goes to the 2nd airborne. He's top 1% officer in the toughest conventional division in the Army. He gets selected for the ranger regiment. I mean, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, that, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, and I'm proud of him and how he's carried himself. And, and I'm 
very sleep better at night knowing he's in the formation uh, doing what he does, uh, you know. And uh, the, the comment I always hear from Army football players is, this is a guy who carried the ball 30 times against Michigan. That is a tough guy. And, and uh, somebody you want you want in an airborne battalion, right? So um, I I think that obviously the sample size is small. It's five people. But that's how that's that just shows you statistical probability of making a professional sport. How hard it is. Even Alabama would have maybe ten a year, eleven. It's the most prolific program in college football, sending people to the next level. So these are small numbers. They're manageable. And ultimately, the lifespan of a professional football player is not very long. There no. There was only one Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, when you put it into context, this is manageable. And, and I think that uh, I, I, I am very optimistic of how it will go this spring and summer. And uh, I'm doing this pro bono to help the program. I'm talking to members of Congress on their behalf and helping with them and advocate for them. So I'm, uh, I'm encouraged at how this is going to end next summer and fall when the NDAA gets voted through the full um, – full body of Congress, both House and Senate. Because um, I, I was just wondering when this whole comes out. It comes out like the week of um, the Army-Navy game that this bill is out there and stuff. And I'm just wondering how much um, how much information like politicians have on, like sp- specifically on not necessarily an individual player, but the, the program and the mission, so to speak. And like you mentioned, the examples of Connor Slumka where, hey, try. And then he went and he went into the service and now look where he is in the army and look how he's making a difference in the army. You know, I just don't know um, how much how informed they um, some of the politicians were about what's going on. Well, they weren't. At- That's the point, Sal. They weren't. And mm-hmm. and once this was brought to their attention, it took a handful of phone calls from myself and a couple other folks that uh, got involved in how quickly a bill that was going to be signed within three days by the president. They pumped the brakes and they grandfathered Andre in. That's simple. You know, the, they have an awesome responsibility in the Congress to make the decisions. You know, the bill's like a thousand pages. You're talking about everything from personnel policies to weapon systems development, everything they do in this $800 billion organization we call the Department of Defense. In this case, Andre Carter could have slipped through the cracks because they're busy people. I mean, the world is complex and dangerous right now. And, uh, you know, we want what's in the best interest of everybody. But in the context, they're going to put more time on Ukraine than Army football. And, I mean, I'm sorry that I say that out loud and have the courage to say that on the Black Knight podcast. But, um, you know, it was a a simple thing. And and, um, and they very quickly adjusted. So I, I think it's okay. I'm encouraged. But that's that's you know our, you know leadership's got to be hyper in their communications and they got to jump on these things quick to make sure that they don't slip through the cracks. Yeah, and I think also, uh, Ryan, it's important to to have this across the board in the service academies, not just Army but Air Force and Navy too, right? To have the same policy across the board and just uh, 
the athletes from uh, Air Force and Navy to know too that they can also, you know, because I'm guessing those guys, if there are Navy players or Air Force players that are getting um, attention for this year's draft or free agency, that they also will be grandfathered too. I think it's grandfathered uh, these seniors and next year's seniors are grandfathered. Am I right or am I wrong there? Um, well, they are, but they're going to revisit the entire policy I gotcha. in this congressional cycle. So it could go back I gotcha. to the, you know, it could just go back to where it was. Um, you know, ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, Adam Smith, who I talked to as recently as a month ago, right before the combine a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. He's inclined to go back to what we did in 2019. And I talked with Congressman Rogers. He's just, uh, he's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. It starts in the House, then it goes to the Senate. And, and they, then they go to conference and they sign it, uh, sit in the, around Christmas time. So um, they both have indicated they'll take a look at it. But, you know, the, these are guys that are talking about multi-billion dollar packages to arm the Ukrainians to fight the Russians. So they're busy guys. And they just like, like, look, okay, we'll look at that. I, you know, we'll help you out. And, that's why I'm I'm encouraged uh, of the trajectory right now. And I think that, um, I don't know, if you look at the football side of things, right, if you look at uh, the program side of things for the service academies, it would be good for the coaches in the recruiting to get the messages out to the kids, right, to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. And we know kind of it could be it, – it, it could it, – it, sometimes it changes between administrations and stuff like that. But it would be good – I don't know if a recruiting pitch-wise, but it's just good to know that the, then you, the kids that are might be at considering Army or might give them a, a deeper look or the kids – the players that are at prep school might say, okay – um, let's see. I'll, I'm going to go to West Point, see where I stand on the depth chart when I get there, and you know, s- see where I can go from there. You know, I think it, it's it's good to have. Maybe there'll be some clarity. Maybe there'll be some more clarity in the summer, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just when they look at the timing, they this is what they call posture season, and you turn on the TVs and you see the secretary of defense and secretary of the army and they're there with the chairman and the chief staff of the army and they're sitting side by side shoulder to shoulder dealing with that looking down the barrel of the dais with 50 members of the congress looking at you and questioning you for hours then they go in this thing called markup may june and they, they start just internally to the congress and they from what they heard from what they've read from the proposals they they go over it and they make determinations fund it don't fund it change it you know, the executive branch proposes and the Congress disposes and they ultimately get the final say and that, you know, and they're going to uh, they're going to go through the process. And then through the summer, they get to appropriations and they find out how you drop all the dollars in. So we really won't know until the fall. And the fall, you'll you'll hear more and it'll be coming in for a land and right around Christmas the same way it does every year. So I, I think if you see where we're, we'll probably know more, a lot where we stand in the summer. And when the uh, the summer, it's going back and forth between the House and the Senate, and uh, everyone will have a very good idea. But you're going to have a lot of things to get excited about. You're going to have a guy that's going to get drafted. You're going to have a spring game. And you're going to and you're going to have things that are going to get be very encouraging for those top prospects. And then as they head into the summer, you'll have more to say. 
Uh, and then you're kicking off a you know a, a, a really tough season. I mean, LSU, Syracuse, Boston College, UTSA looks good. I mean, that's a tough schedule, and they're going to play against yeah. some very good competition. So there's a there's a lot of things to you know to sell to recruits about the opportunity to play football for the United States Military Academy. So I think there's a lot to get excited about with the program, uh, but they're going to have to do that. I mean, it's going to require. West Point leadership be down there talking to Congress and staying informed. Um, and, uh, and I think they know that they're going to have to play a bigger role in the, you know, headquarters department of the army has got to organize, train, equip, recruit an army. Uh, they're going to need a lot of help from the, the West Point team dealing with the Congress. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, what I was thinking, I want to ask you maybe you what your view was of this, uh, you know, come Super Bowl week, you know, you have two players that you kind of uh, signed off on to to take this journey to the NFL, Cole Christensen, uh, you know, with the Chiefs and Brett Toth with the Eagles, mm -hmm. and they're on rosters of the two Super Bowl teams, right? And you have Cole Christensen, who is a Super Bowl champion now, and you have Brett Toth, who was, you know, on the roster of the Eagles and is down there uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, just, just wondering what – because you talk about, you know, what um, – you know, the season, the great, the great schedule that Army has coming up and Andre Carter being drafted. And now you have two got two NFL guys, uh, you know, make it to the as high as you can get to in, in the NFL. So I was wondering what what your feeling was when you saw that kind of week unfold and, and the Super Bowl week unfold. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry there wasn't more publicity for it. Uh, it's you think of how incredible that is. Uh, that uh, that these two young men rise to, to play on the two best teams in the NFL that they're on the roster. So I, I was, you know, I was really excited for them and, you know, I was watching real closely to see when they were on the, on the field. And, um, but I was just a little disappointed. There wasn't more publicity. You know, I, uh, I tried getting these ESPN guys to focus on, on to look at it. Um, but uh, I was really encouraged, and it just shows the caliber of people that play at West Point and uh, and how well they've done. I mean, Brett's been at this a couple. They've both been at this a couple of years now, and um, yeah. this these are the tough windows. You know, that third fourth year when they start making determination, they're going to resign you, they're going to waive you, trade you, whatever they do. So uh, these are, you know, the really uh, the tough windows. But you know, I get back to. Um, how much different of an experience Andre is going to have than, than Cole and, and, uh, and Brett, because they didn't get draft grades. They didn't get a, a you know, a, a, you know, a workout at home. Um, you know, they went to the combine, not sure if they were, well, Brett didn't even get to go to the combine. We pulled him off of Fort Sill and brought him back in. And, you know, I think I told you this once before when I called Howie Rosenman to tell him we were going to, uh, you know, cut him orders and get him, to show up for camp. Howie Roseman said he he said that Brett Toth could have been a second or third round pick. Yeah. Prolific run blocker. And uh so you know it just shows you his ability got him through even though this guy had been away from football for a year. He was at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. He shows up, make he I think he what happened that year was he left the Eagles, he made the Cardinals, then he went back to the Eagles. Because yeah. I remember meeting with him in Arizona a year later when I was on the recruit, I was out recruiting kids in high schools and uh, I sat with them 
one afternoon we had a cup of coffee and you just told me how things were going. Um, but you see now how much different Andre's experience is going to be. We went from a cold start to now having this really smoothed out and getting the interests of almost the entire league to come. And it's a tribute to Andre's ability. Um, what an incredible family. I spoke with his mother and father. Uh, they did a remarkable job raising him and just great people. Very excited for their family this April. You're not going to meet a more humble um, talent than Andre Carter, right? I mean, he is just a focused kid. Uh, the Army football coaches talk about how much film he would watch during the season and how he was just like a film junkie, so to speak. And then he does when you when he speaks like you saw him speak at the NFL Combine and how hum humble he was in front of the national media and just, you know, kind of honored to have the opportunity to, to pursue this dream of his. And um, man, you look, Ryan, you look at the talent. There are not many Andre Carters out there. Right. They're not many six, 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 seven, 260 pound guys out there with Andre's raw abilities. And now, you know, you talk to you just hear and you read. And um, I was able to talk to one NFL scout at the Army Navy game. And you just, um, you know, now it's just getting them in the weight room a little bit and, you know, getting that maybe one year of NFL, you know, being on an NFL roster and see it. The future is so I mean. Incredibly, Pete, uh, Pete Tamil of ESPN. When when he interviewed me, we talked for a while, and I just I just asked him. I said, "What do you? What is your take? You've been doing this for over twenty years," and he said, "His measurables are extraordinary: height, weight, wingspan, speed, first step, all the combine vernacular." And he said, "But put him in a room and do an interview with an NFL team, and they're going to have a sense of confidence." and the investment they're going to make. Like this is a serious young man who not only has a lot of God-given ability, but he's just maturity. And uh, you know he's going to show up and he's going to bring it. And he's going to go home and he's going to do all the right things and he's going to go to bed. Uh, so that's something that when, you know, because this is it's a massive business, the National Football League, and that they're going to make those right choices. And how great to have him and people like Brett Toth and Cole Christensen and Elijah Riley and John Radigan that represent not only just West Point, but the U.S. Army. And on Sundays, every time they get on the field, they talk about that. And that was the marketing value that I told Congressman Smith and all these other members that said, we don't have to pay for that. They walk out on the field, they're going to talk about that. And they're going to talk about that every week. And that has uh, the, the intrinsic value that goes between helping us recruit at local high schools in Chicago or Philadelphia or Phoenix for Coach Munkin on the recruiting trail. And ultimately, we want our sports teams to win. It changes the, the dynamics of the school. It increases morale. It gets people excited about their brand. You know, when you're 20% of every officer cohort, every year group, that 20% has to be fired up and has to be winners. That's the foundation. And um, I just, it just, it makes too much sense to me and others and why we're so passionate about it. Yeah, and you look at, um, like, I, I bet when you, you get, you've gotten to know Andre a little bit and, 
when you have a like you say when you have the four guys that are in the NFL right now representing the Army, and you add an Andre Carter to that, I mean, it's got to give you a lot. <laughs> you got a just a, a great feeling to know that here's another guy, and you know what? I think that Mar- Marquel Broughton is a guy who should probably get in a in a NFL rookie camp at least get an invite to camp. Measure just based on his skill, his leadership, his abilities. He's a guy. I NFL is missing the boat. NFL teams are missing the boat if they don't get Marquell at least in the camp, in my opinion. So uh, I uh, I had asked at the Army Navy game because I, I love that kid. He's terrific. Uh, just his whole story, how he carries himself uh, on and off the football field, and uh, I think that he should get a look. Uh, I don't know, you know, what he got. If he got a draft grade, you know, the, it has not come up in the conversations I've been a part of. And obviously I'm removed from a lot of it now. Um, but, uh, you know, he's going to be successful in life at whatever he chooses to do. I mean, Markel's just a winner. And uh, I love that guy and I do anything to help him and his family. But uh, I'll be, I hope he gets a chance. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, like the, those other four guys, were free agents, and they made the rosters. But just because you don't get drafted doesn't mean you aren't going to make it. It may be tougher road, but uh, hard problems is not something he shies away from, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, he mentioned to um, our one of our reporters there at Pro Day that, you know, if, if it works out for him in the NFL, that would be great. If not, he's going to be an officer and lead troops. And, uh, I mean, man, I almost get choked up thinking about him even being a leader in the Army in the army because i like we said we know what he brings to the table and stuff i mean had uh yeah, put him on down there with slomka put the two of them down there first platoon second platoon would be great yeah it would be unreal yeah. you know be, to, to wrap things up you know you talked about you know kind of getting the word out there a little bit more about you know the, the guys who are in the nfl now and who you know a guy like Andre Carter, who who is going to be drafted. And I think I saw a Jeremy Schapp up at West Point, maybe something on Twitter where Jeremy Schapp was up there at West Point. So hopefully, you know, Andre's story will be told on draft day once he is drafted. And, and hopefully well, we so get to I see was him. told Pete Tamel, um, who, you know, he's a big writer at ESPN. And um, he's pushing this hard. He just loves Andre and the whole Carter family. I mean, he, they won him over. And I'm sure that's not easy to do, um, but he had, he did say there's going to be a lot of discussion around him. Uh, they think he's a day two guy for sure. Yeah. You know, so yeah. think uh, that second and third round is day two. Uh, so uh, you know that's that's a big deal. When you go in the first four rounds, you're making the team, uh, and yeah. um, you know those are big investment decisions. Top hundred football players uh, of that year in college football. So, I mean, that's, it's big time stuff. And and I think that there, sh- there will be more energy. I, I you know, there for sure in April, uh, but you know, it's, you got to sustain that over time and be consistent. I mean, I, I never liked dealing with the media. I was always anxious. That I was going to say something dumb and, and misrepresent or embarrass the army, but it was my job. And you got to get out there and you got to sell the institution and explain it. I mean, the U.S. Army is America's sons and daughters and billions of dollars of American treasure. And, you know, the at West Point, they have the responsibility 
of educating, mentoring, shaping these young men and women. And it's a special place. And just people got to get out there and talk about it. And they got to talk about their football team. And uh, I'll do what I can, uh, but I'm removed now. I'm a, a former. <laughs> do you do you have a son at West Point or now? No, my daughter oh. is young. Uh, she's you know she's still in uh, primary school. So uh, okay, if I can get her if I can get her to play a sport up there. I'd love to, but uh, we'll see what she wants to do. Gotcha. She likes she's yeah, really, she's an affinity for the women's basketball team. I took her to a couple games there once and she loves that and has picture of her with the women's team doing a beat navy and she's right by her bedside so she's pretty jazzed about that. Missy Traversi's doing a great job with that program. She, yeah. a lot of, I mean, man, I was at the Army Navy game and the energy she brings to the sidelines and to the game is something that is uh very very noticeable and I'm like did and have you had her on this show? No, I haven't. I, I we got we got to get more coaches on this show. We you got to get her on. I, I I really like her. I had a chance to talk to her a few times, and um, um you got to get her on. Sal, I, I um, I'm a big fan of the women's basketball team. My daughter's like their mascot, so um, you got to do that. Wait, one last one last thing. I you know what we talk about Andre Carter right in the in the possibility of him getting drafted on that second day, and sometimes ESPN brings in somebody to announce like the draft pick and stuff like that. I think it would be really cool. I don't know who that person would be, but I think it would be really cool to have Andre Carter's uh, draft uh, draft pick announced by somebody affiliated with the Army or maybe. Oh the yeah, Army well that's up to the team. You okay. know so. Uh... So say my Chicago Bears drafted him, which I can only hope, um, is it would be up to the Chicago Bears organization. But, I mean, it would probably be in their best interest, you know, put a bunch of soldiers out there and and uh, and get to read it off. And I think that would be very appropriate. Um, but, that you know, it's going to come down to the team that would do that. Yeah, because I was um, thinking maybe like a – Caleb Campbell or something like that. I don't know, but I mean, just like the Army's last draft pick was 2008. Uh, Caleb Campbell. That's mm -hmm. 15 years ago. So the Andre Carter, you know, is a, a week weeks away from making a uh, program uh, the program proud and program history. We really appreciate you having you on, Ryan. Um, thanks so much. If you check our Black Knight Nation YouTube channel, we have a podcast with Jeff Munkin um, on there that we did uh, before spring practice. We also have a podcast with Danny Verpale, who's the new safeties coach. Um, check out. And now we add our second podcast with, with Ryan McCarthy. Ryan, you say you don't like talking to the media, but we really appreciate you jumping on with us and, you know, really getting the word out and clearing up a lot of things about what's going on with, you know, Army football players and the potential to play in the NFL. Uh Thanks so much today, and I look forward to talking to you really soon. Fired up for the draft. Thanks for having me, Sal.